podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Trying to get in again. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Hello and welcome to another edition of Mugga. Myself, Gaz, hosting today. I'm joined by Disu. Disu, how are you, bro? <clears throat> I'm good. I'm good. How are you, bro? Good stuff, man. I'm good. Good to have you on the pod. And we're also joined by Sebi. Sebi, what's going on, bruv? I'm good, man. I'm good. You, you don't sound too good, bruv. We've got United doing well at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm just tired, bro. I'm tired. Like, obviously, United... Is, is is positive that they're, they're, they're going well, but Black, yeah, bro. Yeah. I totally hear you on that, bro. All right, cool. Let's get into the game straight away. United obviously faced Crystal Palace on Saturday at Old Bradford. Um, Sebi, before we get into the actual game itself, just talk to me about your thoughts on this sort of United starting lineup. But any surprises for you, or was it pretty much as expected? Yeah, I think it was uh, pretty much as expected. Um, actually, well, yeah, it was and it wasn't because initially I'd thought, you know, um, Martial um, would would be playing and, you know, maybe would get some continuity. So we'll when I see the reports <laughs> that, yeah, he had travelled with the squad, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So okay. then when I see, yeah, when I do see the lineup, I'm like, all right, cool, fair enough. Like, this is maybe could be p- potentially like the next best thing. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I know, like, Workhouse like has a role and he's doing whatever he's doing, but um, yeah, I'm 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 kind of not too sure on on him currently as it stands. But yeah, man, it was pretty much um, other than like the striker situation, it was pretty much as as expected. Yeah, definitely. Um, this you just want to get your thoughts on maybe the news about obviously Martial not being fit for the game. Were you expecting him to start? I think a few of us would have been expecting that. Too. Yeah, I was expecting him to be definitely in the mix. Um, him and Sancho, to be fair. Um, so when I when, when I can't lie, when I saw he was in the squad, I, I was I was rattled, bro. I was rattled, bro. I was like, this is fucking no blood. You can't keep getting away with this. That's what I was thinking in my head, man. Jesus Christ. Mm, mm, oh, it's, it's just frustrating, man. Frustrating. But yeah, I, I, that was the only that was the main shocks for in the lineup. I thought 
and maybe um, Marshall and Sancho will be in the mix again. Yeah, definitely. I'll just go through the starting lineup quickly uh, for the listeners. So we had David De Gea in goal at right back, Aaron Rambasaka. Uh, two centre backs were Varane and uh, Lisandro Martinez. Left back, Luke Shaw, double pivot of Casemiro and Fred. On the right, we had Anthony, Bruno Fernandes in the 10, uh, Marcus Rashford on the left, and, and Walt, Redford, Walt Weghorst up top. Um, and Crystal Palace's lineup was. Do we actually care about Palace? Finish? Yes, we do. Uh, Palace's lineup, they had Gaito in goal, Nathaniel Klein at right back, Richards and Guy um, at centre back, Tariq Mitchell left back, Decore and Hughes as the double pivot as well. So they seem to mirror our formation. Jordan Ayew on the right, uh, Michael Elise in the in the 10, Jeffrey Schlepp back wide, and Edward up top. Um, United started off quite well, to be fair, in the game. Uh, Dissu, what did you think about United's start? United got a penalty quite early on. Do you think that was a fair decision from the referee? Uh, I definitely told you before the thing, I didn't watch the game, guys. Okay, cool. We'll move swiftly on. Yeah, man, it was, it was 100% a pen. I think the refs have been trying to play against us and obviously we'll go into another decision like later on. So, it was, yeah, it was about time we, we actually got a pen. I think that might have been like our, our second or third pen of, of the season, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's fucking trash, man. Do you know what I mean? Especially when you think about like some of the things that the ref has done, like the refs given like for for the opposition or haven't given to us. So yeah, it was about time, and um, yeah, man, it, it, it was cool. I was a bit disappointed that um, that Bruno took the pen. But, okay, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I just, you know, I think currently. Like I like, I, yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's our main goal scorer in it. So these are the opportunity. This is the opportunity where you can get to stat pad. You have to just basically take every opportunity you have to score. And I also, I'm not looking at Bruno as um, like a, a goal scorer anymore. I like, kind of like the role he's in. I kind of, you know, like all the off the ball stuff that he's doing. So I don't really think there was a need for him to take the penalty. But you know, again, happy that we we go one nil up and, and and it's a go anyway. This is what I can ask you about is your thoughts on Bruno as a, as a whole this season. I know in previous seasons, you've been a big detractor of Bruno, as have many people, for his carelessness on the ball, uh, how wasteful he can be with the ball at times. So what are your thoughts on Bruno this season and what is the difference between this season and maybe previous? Yeah, um, I can't lie. I've been quite surprised with Bruno's um, level of performance this season. Not to say that it's been elite or anything, but it's definitely been... Um, a marked improvement like, and I'm seeing in certain games he's actually influential um, for large parts of the game not just popping up with just like with odd moments of quality um, kind of sandwiched between like 10 to 15 moments of absolute trash do you see what I'm saying so like he's playing more like a midfielder um, like, like now for example there's a of times that I've seen Bru- and he's like and I think the main difference is accountability that's what I would guess. Obviously, I don't know. I'm not addressing him, but I'll think accountability with um, Ten Hag, who's not really... I think there's like a level of expectation of what to do on the football pitch. And you can see that Ten Hag is not really taking any nonsense. If, if he could come in and quaff Ronaldo and Maguire, anybody anybody can get it. So like, there's times I see Bruno about to Bruno and that's like, he's got the ball maybe wide left, 50 yards from goal. He's looked up and he's seen like maybe, I don't know, maybe like Anthony who's like in between the, the left back and the centre back and he's thinking of playing a stupid ball 
which will lead to Adley challenging with a centre-back. But then he'll go to kick it, then he'll just do a little fake and pass it and move. And I'm seeing just a bit more variety in his play. He's he's using his ability to... Because people are scared of him shooting and crossing, he's using that fake to be able to, like, fake the cross, fake the shot and create something else. He's working hard. He's not, like... He's not chasing recklessly in terms of pressing, leaving gaps and leaving our midfield maybe 3v2. And I think he's... All, all our level performance influences improves quite significantly, and I definitely did not see this coming. So I actually respect him a lot for that. Like honestly, like mm. I respect him a lot for that because he could have continued to do the volume shooter thing that he's been doing because he's brought him fruits, he's brought him respect, he's received accolades, goals, and assists. But he's actually playing for the team, and that shows to me that he's a team player, and that kind of shows that maybe the issue was actually Ollie. Is just like just go out there, enjoy yourself, lads, eh? And maybe that was a real issue rather than Bruno just being a bonehead. Yeah, it's quite interesting. So maybe I'll get your perspective on this one. Um, where do you would you put this on Bruno being um, open to learning and Ten Hag obviously being someone that's applied a structure for the team as well as Bruno? Or do you would you what are your thoughts on Bruno's performances and why do you think he's maybe changed from where he was last season? I think um, you know Bruno is is an interesting one because one thing I like about him. And um, it like he he has so one thing I like about him is that he lacks arrogance, and I mean like arrogance in a traditional sense. Because when I see him play for his national team, and I see the variety of positions he's played in, means that he's happy to do a job for the team. And then in a sense where I think he does have arrogance in his playing style, where maybe maybe not. Yeah, maybe like he has he has the audacity where sometimes he just takes a shot where he shouldn't he shouldn't shoot. He believes he can score from anywhere, and I think that's like the good and bad of him. But I do think he's open to learn because, again, as I said, like as I've seen for his national team, I've seen him have decent games in positions in like non central position, maybe whether it's out right or like I, I can see, I've seen him be more conservative, especially like even before the World Cup, but if we go into the World Cup, he was way more conservative and he was actually one of the best players for Portugal, in my opinion. So, and I, and he played like a proper midfielder, the type of midfielder that we've actually been looking for. Somebody that can work off the ball, but also contribute um, in regards to creating valuable chances. And this, these are not the spamming chances and just crossing it and just hoping for anything. These are actually, well, sometimes anyway, it's actually um, like real quality chances. I do feel like he still lacks a bit inconsistency on his like last ball in the fi- um, in the final third. Um, but I, but I, I am happy that he's kind of taking a step back and he's doing more work for the team, which in my opinion, in my opinion, just makes us uh, much better. And I think also if we go on to like last season, maybe the reason why I think he was like extremely, extremely poor because he was he was just doing anything. And I think that was the the instruction: just go out and have fun and just go out and do anything. And <laughs> Um, I think it was Ralph. Ralph is a donut, but he's good at analysing certain things, right? And he said, um, so he said Pogba and Bruno, like their hero mode is two different things. So when um, uh, we're in trouble, uh, Pogba drops deeper and he's not in the game because he's dropping deeper to try and make things happen. And when uh, we're in trouble, Bruno actually doesn't want to get in the ball. He actually leaves his position and he kind of floats like 
forward because he wants to be on the final cross or he wants to score a goal. And um, we're seeing that not happen this season because regardless if we're in trouble, if we're not, like the formation and the, 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 the positions, everyone's position has to stay the same. Bruno used to fucking do my head in when he used to float out to the left and just chill there, like because <laughs> we're one nil down or two nil down or whatever. But we're not seeing that. We're seeing him play like a proper midfielder. And if we're one nil down, he's still going to uh, maintain his position. And he knows if he doesn't, he's not going to be playing, or he's going to get blasted, or he's going to get taken off. So yeah, man, I think he he's definitely been willing to listen, and I've been I've been impressed with that off the ball movement and the positioning more than anything. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with your both your takes on that one. Um, as the game went on, United seemed to try to um, continue their dominance of the game. I think Wout Weghorst had a, a great opportunity of a header, which was saved by the keeper. Um, this is just on a general basis. I know you haven't been necessarily too impressed with Weghorst. Um, he's a means to an end, as we all know. Just talk to me about what you think of him so far, what he brings and maybe what he definitely doesn't, doesn't bring. Yeah, I'd like to caveat this with like, when I assess players from Manchester United... It's on the basis of the level Manchester United at as a club. And like, Workhorse is not a bad player at all. He's not rubbish whatsoever. He's actually, I actually think he's got very, very good technique for like a, for like a big man target, target man S type striker. I think like for certain clubs where we say more on the mid level, lower level of the Premier League, he's, he'll be a very good player for what they require. But I feel like when your club at Manchester United and you're playing in that position as a number nine, you have to be threatening in terms of scoring goals. And if you're not, I'm just not going to be a fan. That's just my that's just my take on the game. What he does offer Manchester United is that he can make the ball stick. And he's then he's got like he can he can do one touch, two touch. Like he's he's quite technical. Obviously, he's decent in the air. Um, but what I've seen, he's not for his height, he's not as dominant as you like. Like we saw in the Arsenal game, Salaban Gabriel beat him up, <laughs> and that wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't really happy. I wasn't really happy with that, but yeah. saying, but obviously, I played like that. If that's what he's getting, that's what he's game. You can't, you can't get mad for a man. Not that's not part of his game. You know, you know what I'm saying? You got to play to his strength. But um, I think he's done okay. He's nicked a goal, which is more than I thought he would do at this period of time. Um, and I feel like you can't be too expectant of Weghorst because, like, what do you expect to get? He's a backup, isn't he? Alone in January. Mm. Like, bro, you're, 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 you're just well, well, Chelsea got Felix, but <laughs> but like, yeah, you don't usually get them opportunities, you know what I mean, of a quality player. So, I, I, I think, I think he, I think he's done okay. Mm-hmm. I think he's done okay. I, well, what actually, do you think? I'll, I'll personally probably rather play Rash nine and Garnacho left because I feel like United are just more dangerous in that manner. Um, until well, shit, I'm not gonna talk about that guy. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what are you going to say, bro? I was actually going to ask you about that guy. What uh, what does what does that guy bring when when he does get on the pitch on on a general basis? So he could bring what Workhorse does in terms of making the ball stick on the deck. But you can see the technical level and speed is a lot higher. I was like a little snippet of that in the midweek game um, in the oh, against who uh, not Forest at home in the in the Carabao Cup and just his ability to. Get the ball turned, pop. It's just a lot more tighter, quicker, and technical. And then you see like the link up with Rashford and Sancho and Bruno, what it can be when you have those players there. So obviously, but you expect that Nat Marshall is a faster, more agile, more talented player. So yeah, that's what he can bring. And obviously, usually historically, when he does get a chance, Marshall's one of the best finishers. Finishers, if you look at um 
like all the attackers in the in the big six of of this of right now and, and yesteryear, he's one of the highest in terms of percentage of big chances converted. So he's got that finishing. But the issue is, and I'm sure like Seb could speak to this more as, as somebody who's a used to play a striker at a pretty good level. The movement and the hunger for goals just isn't there. It's is it's too much. You touch, I touch. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like, like getting a mixer, and we're seeing this from Rashford because Rashford scored like the same goal like three or four times a season. Another goal from from what, what Luke Shaw, the ball Luke Shaw played across to Rashford in this game. Uh, he scored that same goal against City, I believe. But Ganacho played the ball. Like, we don't really see our strikers, workers, or Marshall in that position. And I feel like for us to score goals and improve on our plus eight goal difference, we need our number nine to be in those positions to score them type of goals. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Sebi, anything you wanted to add on that before we move on from sort of the workhorse martial conversation? No, man, I just, I think, I think this is pretty much touched on um, everything. And yeah, man, I think it's just, for me, I like, I don't critique players when I know their level. And that's like, I know like, you like, but the thing is, I hear this because this is like, oh, this is Man United, bro, this is not the level. But for me, when I see it's not the level, I just don't say nothing because it's just nothing I can do. Because, like, I know, <laughs> like, I know, like, you're here, innit? Like, yeah, I literally don't mention players that are not at the level, bro. Like, But when, like, I get onto players that I believe are at the level and there's just, like, something's going wrong, that's when you always see me have an agenda against, like, a player. Right. Do you want to say that makes... That makes so much sense. I actually get that because that's why you get to Marshall because you know that he can be better, but he's just exactly. way below. But the way it is, it's 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 man like Fred and that like like they yeah, just grab my gears. No, but they just grab my gears, bro. They just grab my gears, man. <laughs> Especially nah, Fred. They're gonna frustrate him. Because he's bad as well, bro. Yeah, and the thing is with Fred is interesting because Fred can give you one in five great games. Like he's got he's got that in the locker. Yeah, you know, he, like, that's actually I, true. Yeah, he's got one. All, all time classic in the locker. So I think there's specific games which cater to his to him perfectly. And this is like gone. Yeah, I, I, I've I've seen Fred like go against grim midfielders and actually rise it. But the problem is on a random, do you know what I mean, midweek game at home to Villa, he'll just start moving mad. It's just crazy. But yeah, think, even so, when you're when you're more likely to dominate the ball, he's less of a use to you. When you're maybe facing a team and you're going to sit in a lower block because they're better than us for whatever reason, whether it's Possession, positional, they look after the ball better, they attack better. That's when I think Fred's a bit more useful when he's having to either mark players or sort of mark spaces rather than having to be dominant on the ball and break that line with the pass and find the 60 yard. That's not his game. So, but yeah. That's, Even that's like the last Barcelona game, he, he dropped a blessing, an all time blessing when we played Barcelona. Oh, yeah, at home. Last... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, this year, Fred came in. Fred came in for Ericsson. So, what did you? What were your thoughts on him coming in? I know, obviously, you're not. A, again, maybe I'm misquoting you, but I don't think you're the biggest fan of Ericsson. So, maybe you can speak. Nah, big, yeah, yeah, Fred for Ericsson. Upgrade alert. Upgrade <laughs> alert. Nah, sorry, I, I, I can't stand Ericsson's game. I can't stand it. I can't stand it, man. The thing is, he used to trick me before. No, yeah? I'm sorry. He used to, tri- no. to trick me when he was number ten. Yeah, and then. When certain touchdown practice man loaded agendas on him, I looked closer. I was like, damn, man, all right. Like, he's too he's too passive in games. Although he's he historically he does have that, he's his left and right foot is cold, so he could put that pass across. But like my issue with Ericsson is right now the team's that he's played in the pivot year with Casimiro. Like, in terms of jewels, he's open Wi-Fi. There's no point in him being there. He he's useless. So you're not but so to offset that. 
to a certain degree, you have to be giving us something of high value on the ball, and mm-hmm. he's not. So, like, now we're seeing... I know this is not about rival fans, but we see rival fans dunk on Casemiro for losing the ball, duh, 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 duh. but the thing is, Casemiro shouldn't be in the position to be initiating play like that. Although he's got a pretty decent pass when he picks his moments, he got under-hit pass, over-hit it, or miss-hit it, or whatnot. Ericsson is literally in the team to be in a, to be that first-phase player, mm. and he's not good at it. Like, his pass accuracy is not there... Now, I don't think he he's he's put up decent he's put not decent he's put up very good assist numbers so far, but his impact in games to me is non-existent. So I would actually rather Fred because Fred is actually going to do more of a midfield role in that position, be more combative, get about the pitch. And I'm not that type of person to pick the less technical player over the hard worker. But Ericsson doesn't even give us much technically anyway. Okay. Like nah, like when I'm looking at a midfield of you, when when Bruno's in the midfield and I'm looking at you more sideways than Bruno. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm, so now we've got uh, my man uh, from, from Austria, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph's nephew, Sabitzer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it, might be up for, <laughs> it might be up for us, Steve. From what I'm hearing, it is a slight upgrade for us from um, Sabitzer to Ericsson. And we may be getting to Sabitzer a bit later. I just think with Ericsson, I think against lesser teams, his dominance is ever so slightly more uh, evident. And obviously, he's a, his final pass and his set pieces are... I guess what he's brought to United so far is deliveries and his ability to cross or pass the ball. Um, but I agree with you in terms of dominating a game in, in a sense. He doesn't have that sort of Carrick-esque presence on the ball. Um, but it's not who he is. He's a 10, in a, essentially played as a DM. So maybe we're asking too much from from, uh, from Ericsson. Um, just moving on then, I want to talk to you guys about Rashford. He had a great chance in the first half, I think. It was... But it wasn't necessarily a great chance. It was a chance he made for himself through his great movement from sort of the left to the right. And it's a movement that we haven't always seen him do, but it seems like he's obviously found a new level and a new gear this season. So um, just talk to me about your thoughts on Rashford. And if you remember that specific chance, I was so impressed with it because it was, as soon as the ball came through and he made the run, it was sort of an instinctive right foot shot. And it was really yeah, really- yeah, yeah. I, I saw that, man. That, that was... Um... Yeah, bro. Like, I think that's one thing. I think oh, so. I'm in like a various Man United chats, and I argue about like movement, right? And uh, people think mu- movement is basic, and um, it's like it's just like something that you can just do. But like the type of movement is what separates like great attackers mm-hmm. and um, and just average attackers, like just to quickly go off topic and come back off topic is yesterday I was listening to a podcast and Rian Brewster was on a podcast and they asked him who's like the toughest player played against. And the first player he mentioned was Harvey Barnes. He also mentioned Martial, but he mentioned Harvey Barnes specifically because of his movement, right? Movement, movement can like literally create a whole career. For example, Cavani, Cavani made a whole career out of having elite movement. For me, he wasn't the best finisher, but he created so many chances for himself because mm. his movement was just insane. For me, probably one of the best ever, right, at, mm. at, at creating those those type of chances, man. And, yeah, just to see Rashford obviously have that in his locker, I think that's, that that was really, really good. He, he did create, um like, that chance for himself. And, you know, he's just, un, un, for me, just a bit unlucky with that. Um, but... Yeah, man. Do you, I just, do you think, think really he was unlucky with that? Is that is that the one when he came in on, on his right foot and then he whipped yeah. it and it went over? I, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like I, no. Sorry, we're talking about the chart. There was a chance before that, so I think there was a couple of times where he did cut in on the right foot. Sort of. I think there was the one where he tried to whip it top corner, but over. I thought he did no, well. That one. But there's one. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that one. 
Because yeah, yeah. that one, I was thinking, like, I thought like, he could have used, because he's he's improved on, I'm not sure if he's improved it. I think he just started to use that side foot finish. We've seen him just side foot into the far corner. I just feel like somebody now, as Rashford, now, now Rashford is so explosive and he can go left and right. He's great in shooting angles in the box with so much ease now. I just feel like now he doesn't even have to go for that. He's with his historic knuckle buck. Yeah, he doesn't have to because like like if you just hit the corners with, with a young side foot and and uh, and he's just and he's just finishing keepers, bro. Because he I cuts also think, so quickly. I also think yeah, like I give, I give um. I give like strikers grace, especially like at that top level, is like sometimes you gotta feel your way into the game. Like and mm. one one the mark of like a, a top player is missing a couple of chances, getting a couple of good chances, but keep if you keep going, eventually you you'll find the net. Right. And that's like at that level, at like, you know, um, and that's what I expect, man. I expect that because when we look at um there's a very like uh, and it was it's only Man United fans actually sorry I, I say that because obviously I follow mostly Man United fans so I'm you know if there are other fans that do this as well but from my experience especially over the last five years the frustration um at like Rashford specifically uh, maybe Lukaku maybe a bit I don't not really I don't think Martial got it or whatever but they'd miss chances or they'd miss easy chances but they'd get two chances in in the game two chances in the game is not normal. Like, and we started to normalise that the fact they only got two chances and missed two chances, right? Now, in this current squad, we're starting to create way more chances. And that's why, for me, I'm like, yeah, man, it's cool because it's cool to... Of course, it's never cool to miss a chance, but what, what, what it kind of shows is that the top players in the other clubs were missing chances, but they were able to get their stats up because their team created... Ch- their team kept on creating chances. And now we're at a level where we're becoming better. And instead of those two chances that we only got um, for the whole 90 minutes before, we're creating several chances and our top players potentially are missing chances, but they're able to eventually find the net. And that's what we mm. saw um, the other day. I think I think good examples of that, and I'm not sure on the specific stats, but someone like Raheem Sterling isn't necessarily the most famous forward. Yeah, 100%. Forward. But he gets also yeah. City where he, he, even Mo Salah when he was slapping, like he, he like Mo Salah when, when he was, was slapping, like missed bare <laughs> chances. But again, he he did Liverpool were just um so relentless that he'd yeah. always, always get the ball, always get more chances, and he was able to 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 bag bare goals, man. And that's that's the nature of the game, bro. You see sometimes where like you'll see a clip from France or you'll watch um PSG and you see Mbappe, bro. Like before prior prior to maybe like the last couple of years, people just thought this guy just slapped every chance. I, in my head, I was like, "Are you like? Do you, are we watching? Do we guys watch matches?" Or well, the guy was not slapping every chance, and now people see that at sometimes he can be wasteful, but because of the quality, right? He's able to eventually get those goals. He's also excels in other things, and I think, yeah, man, that's just like the next the next stage for Man United is to keep creating chances for our attackers, and um, yeah, man, just be relentless. Definitely. Um, let's go into the second half then, so we can uh, we can get into the second goal, which I which I was just. I think it's it's a symbol of the work that Eric Ten Hag has done with the team. I know there are people who necessarily aren't still so sure what he's brought. There are a few people I've seen it here and there, but 
I think that second goal we scored where there was so much patience with the ball and they worked the ball from side to side. Uh, it was nice and quick passes as well for the for the goal. Sebi, just talk, talk me through your thoughts on that second goal. And obviously Rashford's involvement in terms of just being there in the box. Yeah, I think um, he takes workhorse off and, um, you know, of course, no striker wants to come off around 60 minutes and you can see he was clearly disappointed. But, mm. um, yeah, man, when we go into that goal, it, it kind of like starts from, uh, starts from the back and, um, you can see like you can see different things, right? You can see. Um, I remember when we uh, when uh, we were linked with Ten Hag, and I saw like when people would break down his patterns of play. Like you can see that like at the back, he goes to a three at the back. Then you see like Wambasaka's role um, entering the midfield and having um, like like entering the midfield centrally, so underlapping as well and and being able to combine. You see Casemiro's, like, quick passing. And then you see just, like, the interchange. Like, you're able to attack with more players. Um, you're not predictable. And, um, you know, it's, it's those short, sharp movements that are able to move defences around. And, um, you know, sometimes as a striker... Like the best movement is no movement. So as the team, as a team, as a Crystal Palace are being moved around, and the first option because actually goes to Anthony and I thought it was going to shoot. That gets that 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 um that that closes off. He uses his brain, passes back to Ganacho, Shaw straight into Shaw, and Shaw first time. First Rashford time doesn't even need to move um because the team's been pulled around and f- and first time finish, man. And I think it was a really really good goal and. Um, a, a good display of like how Ten Hag wants his attacking patterns, where uh, where he wants certain players to be. Because uh, there's another clip, and I think it what was our last game before Palace Forest. So the Forest game, uh, one of the goals. Um, if you see Wambasaka, so Wambasaka still hasn't is not automated, but if you see one, I can't remember what goal it is, yeah. But we have the three at the back, and Wambasaka remembers, oh shit, I need to unlap, and he makes a jog into the middle, and like we score like a, a similar type of goal or create a chance. I can't remember, but you're starting to see like players understand where they need to be if we're attacking, and I really really like that. Um, you know, in, with like previous managers, all it is our fullbacks overlapping. It's not every day. And even if you look at like, um, like Wan-Bissaka, like maybe like it, it makes him it makes him less predictable because, of course, like he's always been a good defender. But when it comes to attacking, I feel like for me he hasn't been good. But since he's been back, since we've been back from the World Cup, I feel like he showed good variation. He's linked up well. Of course, he hasn't got the the greatest like final pass, and he isn't technically the cleanest, but. Um, him being in certain areas makes him less predictable and it's more of an asset for the team. So, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was really, really good to see. You're on mute. Guys, you're on mute. There we go. My bad, boys. Um, and obviously, at the, after the game, Eric Hag sort of spoke about Garnacho's involvement for that goal. Um, and he said Garnacho and Rashford gave us a totally different dynamic. Rashford's goal was the perfect team goal for me. Ended with the cross by Luke Shaw, and it just goes to show. Obviously, Garnacho, you're, you're always going to be needed to come on. Obviously, he he got ended up getting uh, substituted in the game, but he still showed his uh, how valuable he was to the team with that uh, with the last pass to Shaw before the cross. Um, so it also shows. I don't know if you guys have noticed it with him, but he's still quite raw. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed it yourself. Well, Garnacho. 
yeah, he still seems very raw, but yeah, I yeah, like yeah. he's learning yeah. and he's learning quite yeah. quick. Hundred percent. But I, I like that though. I like that he's he's just like I'm just on just dribbling past it, even though yeah, even though like I don't really have space to get to the byline here. But that level of aggression I like because the fullback can't rest. Do you know what I'm saying? And like mm. the fullback, even even when the team opposition team is like in possession going up the pitch, the fullback still has to worry about Garnacho. Do you know what I mean? Garnacho attracts double teams, which obviously opens things up for other players. So I really, really do like that because really and truly, Rashford is the only other person in the team currently that can actually go beyond his marker. And it's very, very difficult to beat teams that operate in low blocks if you do not have players that can take people out of the game. 100%. You have to be so precise with your passing, so good with your pressing to retain. Now, we even saw like some of the best teams ever, like the Spanish teams. They were actually scoring bare goals and they literally had the best possession players ever. So to actually create goal scoring opportunities, you need people who can do stuff off script and disorganise defences. And we don't exactly have the possession players quite just yet. Hopefully that will be loading in the next window. But mm-hmm. yeah, Galacho definitely gives us something that um, our other wide players, um, one from Brazil, don't really give us at this moment in time. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, what, I, what, I was, what I was saying as well, though, is just that before we move on, I am impressed with that he seems like ever so slightly, he's also learning. He's trying, he's slowly finding the balance between, yes, I'm aggressive, yes, I'm an ISO player, I'm going to mm-hmm. take you on 1v1. I believe in myself, but he's also showing that cleverness to retain the ball at times. And mm-hmm. obviously that final pass to Shaw was, a, I think, a good example of that. Um, but yeah, moving yeah. on to onto the big topic of the game, I guess, was Casemiro's red card. Um, Sebi, I'm going to head over to you with your thoughts on this. Do you think the red card was deserved? Um, and, and also, I guess, a conversation around the team spirit and and the atmosphere around United players this season where they're now fighting for each other and they're now showing that they actually care for the team as well as each other. What are your thoughts on, on that one? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's like 50-50. Of course, he, he put his uh, hand around um, uh, around Will Hughes's, uh neck um but dangerous play uh, like i'm i'm not too i'm not too sure because you know it's they laugh about it and maybe with that context it kind of takes it out of the dangerous realm you know you know if will Hughes had gone down then you know that's like you know like if will Hughes is not laughing they've gone down it's like that's a situation itself then i guess you know there's no way that 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 that's not a red but looking at it now, looking at the added context, then I'm not too sure. I don't know if it's worth appealing because I know there are some rules where sometimes you could get like an extra extra game um, if you if you appeal and it goes wrong. But and then also on top of that, it's like I know United. I know like listen, we we know our team. We know that like we know that we lack in midfield. But you know, it would be a good. It's going to be a good test to see where we're at without Casemiro against Leeds and Leicester. It's Leeds and Leicester. Like, if we need Casemiro for every game, so this is the bottom of the table, then that's a, that's, that's a problem in itself. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And, and although we do it, he cannot play every game. He's not going to play every game. So we just have to, we basically have to deal with it. And this is also where we're going to have to see like Ten Hag's coaching. Right, Ten Hag's coaching. He needs to figure out something, and he needs to figure out a way where 
we're able to leave those games with points and people don't finish like we don't end those games and say oh look at like we didn't have Casemiro that's whack it's just mm-hmm. one player the team's playing the team's playing well we've got Sabitzer in who you know who who of course is not Casemiro but he's a very good midfielder let's make something happen man let's 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 be creative and to your other point in regards to the team spirit, I think yeah, the, the team spirit like is is massive here, man. Like they everybody like defends each other, everyone's passionate about it, like each other. Um, it's just a whole different vibe. It's chalk and cheese from 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 last season, but even seasons before, because yeah, like United were always like passionate. But shall I tell you the last time? So the way how we celebrate goals now and the way how we celebrate goals, everyone celebrates together. Everyone Every- celebrates together. Shall I tell you the last time I felt like this team really, really like celebrated together and like a celebration for me meant something was the three two when we were two 0 down against City, um, and we came back three two. That was the last time I saw this whole team like proper, proper boosted, you know, um, proper boosted together. And um, yeah, man, it, it it it's great to see, bro. Definitely. Definitely. Um, just some quotes on Ten Hag on, on that. Uh, after the game, he said, this is a good team. They stick together and they're there for each other. You see that in the outcome. Casemiro did cross the line. You saw that. However, I'm unhappy with the inconsistent refereeing, not only in this game, but also in the Palace, also from Palace's perspective. They elbowed Martinez and last week with Ericsson. A lot of players crossed the line, including some Palace players. VR didn't interview with them either. Uh, so despite obviously admitting that Casemiro did cross the line, he was quite unhappy with the balancing act of the referee. And just to your point about the uh, the team ethic, I think Martinez is someone that kind of epitomises that spirit and that, that camaraderie between each other. Um, his stats were quite impressive as well. 92% pass accuracy, 77 touches in the game, 61 passes completed, seven ball recoveries, uh, which is very impressive. I don't know, obviously, we were down to 10 men, so we were battling. Very impressive all the same. Five clearances, three aerial duels, one, two out of two tackles, one, and two grand duels, one. I think Martinez has obviously been one of our best players this season. This is, what have, what do you what have you made of Martinez as a whole this season? And did you have any concerns prior and have or were you always sort of open minded on him coming in? Um, obviously, like hearing you're getting a five foot three centre back is <laughs> is 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 a cause for concern somewhat, especially in the Barclays Premier League. But um, by all accounts, he's been performing at a high level, and it's not like. Defenders haven't been a bit undersized and performed at a high level before. So I was, and also I was just watching videos and listening and seeing, looking at stats. Like his on the ball stuff was something that I was really, really excited about because I didn't really have much faith in our midfield. I, like, I don't have much faith in the midfield now. But like, yeah, like it, it did give me a lot of hope. I was like, okay, cool. Let's just see how it goes. And I thought the initial two games were extremely overstated, especially the Brentford one. Because they were like, oh yeah, like they targeted him. And then there was a video of somebody on Twitter, absolute legend, did every single aerial ball came Martinez's way. And then you had Tony said, oh, that was a really tough battle. That's one of my toughest battles. Like, I feel like it was a good battle. So that gave me a bit of confidence. And ever since then, he's been, I think, brilliant. Brilliant in terms of his reading of the game, him defending 1v1 in wide areas, uh, blocks, aerially he's done well. On the ball, he's so composed and excellent. And I think the partnership he's formed with Varane is probably. Oh, oh, I out, think it's one of the best in the league, bro. Yeah, outside of outside of um, Rashford on his Superman thing, it's the most impressive thing about our team, and it's something that gives me a lot of, like, 
because I don't think I haven't been confident in, in a back two since we had Smalling and Blind, and um, that doesn't even make sense. Was that LBG's yeah. last season? Yeah, that that's like 2015-16 season. Yeah, yeah, and that was like the last time I had confidence in our back two. Every like our our back twos, in fact, our whole back four under Ollie. I just felt like at any time we lost a ball, I just felt that it was, and with DDG and goal, I just felt like a mad thing was going to happen any minute. You <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So like, but yeah, I think, I think he's been excellent, excellent, excellent player. And I just love the fact that all the people that came out early who were dunking on him have Carabon. just, obviously you get shots wrong in life. Everybody's got shots wrong in it. Some people more than others. And but I think, I trust them. In those shots. yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, but, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, and I think with Carragher, I actually think for the most part, I actually think his shots are pretty good, and that might be unpopular. But actually, I actually quite enjoy listening to Carragher talk about football, even though I don't always agree. Yeah, um, yeah. But I felt like the niche. I felt like it was the biggest load of confirmation bias, mm. and I felt like it was. And his assessment wasn't really objective. It wasn't data driven. It was lazy. And then not only did was his analysis, his process bad. But his conclusion was so ironclad <laughs> of two games was mental to me. And I think that's what makes it extra bad. But yeah, man, I'm I'm very, very pleased. I feel like the money we paid for him, I can't remember how much you paid for him. And that Six just shows that Six yeah, and that just shows that when people when we forget how much you paid for my for a player, that's always a good sign. So yeah, Ten Hag, you did you did your thing with that one still. You got one right. You got one right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Sebi, I'm just going to backtrack to the game uh, last Wednesday, I believe, at Old Trafford. Uh, obviously, uh, impressive win again, us through to the finals. We'll talk about the finals maybe in a second. Um, I guess the big talking point of that game was the return of Jaden Sancho. He also ended up playing in the number 10 role. Uh, before maybe I talk about Eric Ten Hard's perspective of Sancho playing in the 10, what are your thoughts on Sancho returning, maybe what he can bring to the team and uh, the position that he ended up coming on in? Yeah, man, I'm 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 happy for him. You know, I think, you know, when I look at our options, I look at our attacking options, I look at potential and what we're linked with. It, you know, I think that was literally the only position he could play, right? In my opinion, boys, okay. when United career was pretty much done, because if I look at the left, it looks like Ganacho, who hasn't put pen to paper yet, is going to be on the left right because they need him to put pen to paper they think he's <laughs> they think he's they think he's the future um and i think he's got a very good chance um rashford you know no brainer he's going to be on the left um up top now united are linked with a striker Jada Sancho can't play up top so it is what it is so there's going to be a, a striker coming in and then on the right unfortunately when um a manager uh buys a, a player and buys a player for the amount he, he purchased Anthony for, mm -hmm. he's going to get all the chances in the world to to come good because that's obviously an indictment on Ten Hag if he if he doesn't you know if he doesn't come good at all. So Anthony's going to play on the right regardless, and Ahmad is doing wonderful things um, on his loan right, and he and Anthony, in my opinion, will play on the right. I know there's been talk of potentially Ahmad ten, and he's played in like a a creative right role and he's played 10 and he's drifted or whatever but from like a basic perspective those are our options so then I look at Jaden Sancho and not even to mention Palestri who Ten Hag seems to like and is great off the bench he's he's quite impactful he's quite direct something different 
from what we already have. Actually, quite similar to Garnacho on the on the left hand side, who's also direct. So, with all of those options, player number ten was literally the only option for for for, for Jaden Sancho. Unfortunately for him. Because yeah, he's just he, he's just unlucky, and he's obviously been underperforming as well. So, you know, when you speak in a chat and you're like, "Oh yeah," like, like everybody has these hypotheticals, and everybody says, "Oh, maybe this player should play here and there or whatever." But generally, you never see a manager actually implement it. So I was really happy to see that Ten Hag actually was thinking the same way as some of us in the chat and thinking he should play central. And I was really, really happy that he could, he, he came back. He got the, he got the, like, you know, the, the reception that I think he deserved because he's had, you know, a, a, a tough time. And you could see, you know, when he come on a pitch as well with Martial and Rashford, the, the tempo changed. It quickened up the game, and that's very, very dangerous, man. That's very dangerous to have um, against any team, right? Being able to play, you know, that type of football, being quick is just, like, amazing. And then also shifting Bruno to the right, who, in my opinion, was valuable there as well. I feel like with that, you know, United have a very, very good uh, attack and setup. And if, I, if I'm Jadon Sancho, what I'm trying to do is come into games and impact games, bro. You have to, one, put numbers on the board, whether it's creation, whether it's assists, whether it's goals, and you have to impact them seriously. And that's how you're going to be valuable. And that's how you're going to continue to get more and more minutes. Because then, eventually, Ten Hag will be like, you know what, Bruno, you chill for this game. You can have a rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sancho... You know, you're starting this game, do you know what I'm trying to say? So he needs to impact games. Um and he needs to he, he, like he just he just needs to obviously grow in confidence and that that will come. But yeah, the the numbers need to start to start start to show because yeah, like that's the only way he'll get starts. Yeah. Uh this is before maybe you share any thoughts you have on that. Um Eric Ten Hag was asked about the Sancho in the turn and Bruno at the right. And he said Bruno going wide gives us a different challenge gives different challenges to defenses compared to Anthony. And he was also interested to see how Sancho would interact with Anthony Martial. Eric Ten Hag also said, Jada Sancho, I know he can play as a 10 and as a winger. We can mix up often and that's what I like. Um, he said, I think Sancho's already shown he can be a game winner this season. For instance, the goal against Liverpool, uh, the goal he scored against Leicester as well. And he had some good moments against Tottenham. And he said he was really happy to see, obviously, the reception that Sancho had. And obviously, Bruno also spoke about Sancho and said, we know the capacity, capacity that Sancho has. He hasn't expressed it at his best yet. He has had some good moments. Now he's back from a long period. We're really happy to have him back. So that clearly shows that he he is valued at United, and hopefully he can he can show that uh, why he is so valued. Dishu, any thoughts on Sancho before we move on to some? Firstly, stuff? yeah. Firstly, I like to be a fair guy. Bruno is a leader, you know. He's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's a leader, bro. Like he 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 gives. He is what like they try to make Harry Maguire. When I say they, I, I, I mean, I don't mean Ten Hag, I don't mean us. You, you know who I'm talking about. Them, man. Them, I try to make Maguire what, what, what Bruno is. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and, and I like that. Uh, I was happy to see the reception that Sancho got. It made me feel bad for my harsh critique of Sancho. And I, you've got to remember that something like these people are human beings. You don't even know what's going on in people's lives. I remember when Randa, I remember, I remember when Jesse Lingard came on an interview and spoke about what he was going through with his family and stuff. And I was like, intense, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Bro, like, and we still expected these men to perform. Under high pressure environments at elite level, so yeah, that uh, that's definitely made me think about how I uh, how I critique people. Definitely, but I was 
I'm actually very interested to see what's how Sancho like readapts into the team. And I feel like he has he clearly has quality. He just did not show it at all. Like even little things last year, like little five yard passes in like short areas, you, you, you're passing it behind the player or it's getting cut out. And you know that Sancho is definitely better than that. Oh, he's and that's one of his that's one of the strengths of his game, is isn't exactly, it? exactly. And 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 just the lack of assertiveness is just something I just can't really respect uh, in, in terms of your game as an attacker because it's on you to be the protagonist, right? And I just feel like if especially Sancho's playing a 10, all he has to do is just be aggressive. You don't have to just be aggressive dribbling. Because I think I still think Sancho could beat people if he tries. Like he's got the feet to do so. You don't have to bump people down the line like bloody uh, say Maximan or Zaha or Saka. But you especially in tight areas, you can skip past the player, pass and move. And we do know that in the final third, Sancho generally has excellent decision making, excellent composure, oh. excellent finishing. Mm-hmm. The issue is that he doesn't get in these positions enough. I we saw that in as Ten Hag said in the Liverpool game and the Leicester game. I can't remember. I think there might be a game in the Champions, not the Champions, Europe. I wish in the Europa League. I think it was like a left foot finish away from home. I can't remember against the team. He's got that quality in a final third, like high level composure, finishing yeah. accuracy. Yeah. Remember the dink he did uh, when he sort of gave Mendy the the shoulder and Mendy dived and then he dinked it. I think he scored a good goal in the Champions League last season as well. So he's shown. Yeah. Hey, the quality in front of goal is not is not to doubt. It's up to him to know maybe. Yeah. So yeah, I'm actually kind. Of, I can't even lie. I'm kind of hopeful, optimistic about Sancho and and yeah. Hopefully Anthony could show some improvement. I'm a, I'm a bit worried about Anthony, but having speak Sancho that, speak, in, speak on that one if you want quickly. Yeah, like do what Anthony is. It's like, like, like when he actually tries to beat players, he actually can beat players sometimes. Especially especially when he's right at the byline and like halfway line. I see him skip past me. Is when he gets to the final third, is you know when he cuts inside, the quality is almost always lacking. It's like the shots are really tame, the crosses are either really tame or floated nowhere. There's no like real whip. Like, see when you watch, like I know this guy's got magic left football. When you see like um Mares or Saka, <laughs> or when they cut inside on the left foot, like the quality, the speed and trajectory of the ball is like. It's just dangerous. Whether it's going to be a shot, it's going to be a near miss, or it's going to be a dangerous cross. Anthony, too many hitting the first man. Too many just bouts into the keeper's arms. Like He needs to really, really up that level of quality. I like his ball retention in build-up, but he really does need to up that. And I feel like if we can get like a good tune out of Sancho, and I think that will drive Anthony to perform. Because now, now we've got Rashford, Sancho, Anthony, Pelestri, Garnacho. Do you know what I mean? Like, now we've got players that are competing for positions who are quite who can be excited on a day. We just need that level of consistency. I don't expect that from Pestri and Garnacho because they're still young boys. It's like the first team, first rule season getting in around the first team. But like Sancho and Anthony, they've played enough football in the Champions League, um, now in the Premier League, where I, start, I want to see some like consistent threats to the opposition goal. Yeah, just before we move on, I do think Sancho has the skill set to really shine under Eric Ten Hag and in an Eric Ten Hag team. Um, in terms of his ability to retain the ball, he has got the ability to take a man on, not necessarily take a man and then skin him, as you said, but the ability to maybe give him a little jink, move it on, mm. take a play out of position. And obviously then we can sort of proceed in our attack. Um, but moving on, maybe before we go into listeners' questions, we can briefly touch upon some news today that Manchester United are planning to sell Martial this summer, which isn't necessarily a big surprise uh, as we look to find a new long-term striker. But also apparently planning to sell Harry Maguire and Alex Tellers. This is news from the Manchester Evening News, I believe. 
Um, United have classified Martial as sellable before his latest injury setback last week. He did return in the game against Forest and scored, but then he withdrew from the squad for the Crystal Palace game three days later. Martial has missed 20 of United's 34 games this season, and he's been absent for a total of 16 weeks through five separate injury layoffs. He's under contract until 2024. United have the, uh, the additional option for a year, but it looks like Martial's time is coming to an end. Any thoughts on that, gentlemen? And let's open to the room. Really, and should I want to pick anyone out for that? But maybe we can briefly give our thoughts on Martial, Tellers, and Maguire. Adios. Yeah, yeah. Even me, Martial FC isn't at this point. I've, I've yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, you've got to hold that, man. This is this isn't a youth club, bro. We're not trying to, we're not, guys, 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 got to chill, bro. This is this is like, man, this is Man United, bro. Yeah, this is Man United, man. Come on, man. You can't be missing that many games. I know you're talented or whatever, but yeah, man, you can't be missing that many games. And um, man, shoot, man, shoot this at like rehab, bro. You're on 200 bags yeah. a week, brother. That's 250 bags, bro. And the man, thing is that what. That's the annoying thing. Like, who's gonna buy him? Two hundred and fifty bags a year, injury prone. Like, what? 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 Suicide bomber will buy Martial? <laughs> that doesn't make that doesn't make no sense to anybody. So we're gonna end up in a situation where the only way he can go is we subsidize his wages at all, or we're just gonna have to release him. But I don't um, think they'll, you think they'll do that though? I think his contract comes in end next season. Could you see him maybe if no one wants to buy him staying as like a yeah, of course, of course. I think I can see. Yeah, I see that. That's like best case scenario where, sorry, worst case scenario where like nobody wants to buy him and he just stays. Um, yeah. yeah, but then even as a backup, bro, like it's not even a good backup because if you if you're missing the majority of the games, like what's the point? I need someone that he needs to play games to find rhythm, so it's kind of counterproductive. <laughs> Yeah, it's counterproductive, man. It, for me, it don't make no sense. And you know, we're 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 linked with two strikers, so Victor Osherman and Harry Kane. Uh, well, we're linked with quite a few strikers. Still but... moving, bro. I can't lie. No, no, he's he, he's he, he's really really good, but he's unlucky. He's not injury prone because he, he the injuries he has are different injuries, like you know, smash cheekbone, this injury, this injury. But he's had bare injuries. And he's been out for a long time, but they're not all the same injury. So you've got an unlucky striker who, of course, like isn't injury prone, but that just seems to be his luck currently right now. You've got Harry Kane, who again, like he's 29, gonna be 30 this year. Um, has he's had his problems with injuries or whatever? You cannot have Martial as a backup. <laughs> you know, it, it just yeah, it it won't work. You end up with Rashford up top. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So yeah, let's 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 the 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 quicker we get rid, the better. And Tellers again, you know, don't know why we bought him. To be fair, like I thought we was gonna get an upgrade on Luke Shaw. And we, what we, what we did get is we got Luke Shaw being good for about three four months because Tellers was here and then reverting back to type. But it seems like Luke Shaw's back into good form now. But yeah, Tellers the like it'll be great to sell him. Maguire Maguire has the the ego of Ronaldinho and the <laughs> talent of Gabriel Oberton. Like, the guy um, really believes, like, he's, he's top level. Um, he, 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 he really thinks he should be starting for Man United. Which he is him. But, 
He thinks him. This is him. You think, but you think so? You think he? Really yeah, man. I've all the comments up for all the things that he's his girlfriend yeah. reposts and all of the things that like his girlfriend reposts. Yeah, propaganda. Uh, propaganda. Maguire is just the the first player to start a million minutes. Like he was these random stats that nobody yeah, cares about. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. But but do you think that's just them just trying to spin the? Because do you generally believe he thinks that? Yeah, like I'm I'm out out all from reports Moran and Alessandro. That, he, all the reports suggest that he wants to start. That's like what I've heard. Oh, of course. Oh, he everybody, ten... was, everybody wants to but start. If you, heard, but... if you heard Ten Hag, yeah. Ten Hag speaks like he's had that conversation. Like Ten Hag says that he has to find, he has to work, get his place. Like he has to find his form. He needs to work to get into the starting lineup. And then like he also, at, at a bare minimum, like because he's not even our third centre-back. Like Luke Shaw and Lindelof is. Our, yep. our, our third starting centre back, so you're, he's now full fifth choice. And Crazy. like, God, yeah, yeah, bro, thank you. And there's <laughs> no way he, he he believes he should be there. So hopefully, again, like that's somebody in my opinion. I think we can get decent money for because you know, like England captain and people have seen what he how he's played for England. And to be fair, he does does pretty well for them. So hopefully, the right club can come in. Hey, that'll be beautiful, man. Hopefully, the right club can come in and, and purchase Maguire. Um, and he could be their downfall. <laughs> cool. cool. Uh, let's do some listeners' questions then, and maybe we can look forward to the Leeds game. Actually, let's do the Leeds game quickly first. Just quick ideas, maybe in terms of starting lineup. And obviously, Leeds have sacked Jesse Marsh today. So, do we get a new manager bounce? I don't know. But what are your thoughts on United? Um, obviously, Leeds this this week, this Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, I think we just have to go with the same the same team. Um, yeah, you just have to go with the same team and and then rotating for the second Leeds game. Um, what I would do, though, and it may be worth doing, is maybe trying um, Bruno on the right and uh, Sancho in the middle uh, at number 10. But again, I don't know. Obviously, Sabitz has to come in for um, Casemiro. But um, other than that change, I'm, I'm not too sure. Okay. Uh, just any thoughts on that before we do listen to this question? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, um, uh, start um, Sabitza and um, play Sancho as well. Um, there's probably like what I would what do, do with Bruno, um, because he has been using him on the right quite quite often, maybe a substitute, uh, as, a, as a substitute option coming onto the right, and someone comes into the 10. Mm, so. No, I'll, I'll probably play Bruno right. Um, let, 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 let Anthony get it back and bugger, man. <laughs> Clearly not a fan of, of Anthony. Um yeah, let's, get, let's get to some listeners' questions then. Um we've got Ricky DW uh who is asked what are what is a realistic goal for Sancho and his United career moving forward? I'll throw that to you, Jesse. A realistic goal is being one of the best players at United, um, contributing double digit goals and assists and and uh, influential performances. That's a realistic goal. He's got the he's got the technical ability and the football intelligence is just about maybe him getting, I don't know, maybe him trying to up his PMP. I don't know, maybe Rafa needs to take him to Oregon. Oregon you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> take him take him to Oregon, but and just just getting that confidence back. Do you see what I'm saying? And I feel like maybe in this team there's actually a, a more a more world oil machine performing well. I think it's like something crazy like 10 home wins in a row or something like that. Like the confidence is firm for the team, so maybe this is a better environment for him to perform. So I think that is a realistic goal for him to achieve, like 
get like basically getting his spot back in the team and performing at a high level, trying to re- recreate what he was doing at Dortmund. Mm. Uh, Sebi, anything on that? No, and I think, you know, yeah, like just to echo what this is saying, I think should be trying to look for these these double digit goals and assists. Um and yeah, like getting his spot in the team and, and being um hard to drop. I know obviously Bruno is probably always going to play, but you know, being a possible rotation piece or, you know, okay, we need Sancho for this particular game and actually being able to, you know, even if it's like start 25 games a season, bro, like, or yeah, like starting 25 games a season is good and it's a good career um, coming on for the rest. And, you know, especially if the team starts to win and, and, and build up that momentum. Yeah. I think, I think that'd be good for, for six, for central. I think I think it would be interesting as well where Sancho and Bruno offer different things in that ten row. Bruno's more likely to be a final pass option, uh, and he's obviously got a great shot from certain distances. Where Sancho is more likely to be able to play intricate one twos, bounce the ball, give and go, and sort of give the other uh, opposition the little jinky me jinky kind of vibe. So I think it'd be good to have it'd be good to have the the variety in our attack. Where some games we might need Bruno, and some games we might need Sancho. Some games we might, we might need both. So. That would be really cool to see going forward. Uh, next question. I don't think I can ask that, actually. It's too early to ask about Sabitza. Question for you, Sebi, then, from Slim Popper. Slim Popper. Popper. Anyway, weird at. Um, I know he's been scoring, but has anyone noticed a slight dip in Rashford's performances? I've been thinking it's due to... <laughs> well, let me finish, and then obviously you guys can, can go off. Uh, the person said, I've been thinking it's due to a lack of proper rest. You know, it fans are crazy, man. I don't know what they want. I, I don't, I don't, like, I genuinely don't know what my United fans want. But I think, I think they're addicted to pain. And I think that must be the only thing, bro. I think we're addicted to pain and we're addicted to sickness because, yeah, we're suffering from sickness because, bro, like, what type of question is that? Like, with, with what's going on in the streets, is that what you pull from your heart to ask us for? It's like, that, it doesn't, doesn't even make no fucking sense, man. Like, it, you know, I think, like, there's no, every single game you're not going to play amazing. Bro. Like, you're, you're, you're not going to play amazing. But what you can do, um, especially with your top player, is take your moments. And more often than not, most players, especially in the world right now, are moments player. And being a moments player isn't isn't bad. If you have more good moments than, than bad moments, you happen to be a good player. Especially I think where it's for that as well, isn't it? If the team has other players that are gonna produce more often than not, moments isn't necessarily a bad thing. Or they're gonna facilitate enough moments for that player, can I say? But that's what even when we're talking from attacking sense, that's generally what you need. You need when your attacker gets the ball to create a, a moment to, to to create a special moment, whether that's scoring or that's assisting, where it's taking on a player and having the cross. These are all moments. Your central midfielders and all these players that have a more of the ball. That's where you want you know them to run the game. I don't, I think they expect Rashford to run the game from left wing, and I and think he's that's that guy, he's not really been that guy anyway. So it's, it's... nah, it's not really it's not really been that guy, man. He might he might get those games where he gets the ball more often than not, and he's able to create like various chances. But you know, if you look at the way that the whole team's playing as a whole, What's right? Both of them anyway. When I think about yeah. it, yeah. So yeah, yeah man. I, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I think we need to stop this thing in in. Bro, there's only like the only people who like who have like consistently good general play week in week out is Messi and Neymar. That's the only two people, bro. That's the only Mbappe. I watch PSU. Mbappe also plays sick every week. 
He does not. Mm. He does not. But what he does is drill. <laughs> that's what he yeah. does. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to, like, we can't expect in Ronaldinho. That's like Ronaldinho, prime hazard type stuff from a wide player. And oh, they're just in rarefied air. Rash, what Rashford is doing, he's consistently dangerous. And if you're consistently dangerous, then to me, you're consistently playing well. And you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I, I thought I could be a bit harsher, Rashi there, Steve. Wasn't uh, wasn't even like the other day, sorry, that um, no. all of the pundits were ranting and raving over Nunes running into channels and they were saying that was a good performance. Bro, like, we bro, need the, to... See, this is why, yeah, we have to be objective and fair across the board, bro. Like, what constitutes a good performance for an attacker? Because I've seen games when man are just running channels, as you said, and man are rating that. Like, but on the weekend, we saw Rashford like run in between two people, get off a shot, score a goal, like he was a constant threat. So I think you just got to be fair and think, okay, what's Rashford's role in the team? What do you expect from a player of this of the of, of his role? He's not a touchline winger, like maybe like a Saka or Mares, where he's hanging out wide, or ASM or Zaha, where he's hanging out wide and consistently trying to dribble past people consistently consistently. Rashford is more he can do that, but he's more of a goal threat. And you've got to analyze yeah, him on that. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no. And, 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 and last point, especially if he's not getting the ball, mishitting shots, mishitting crosses, balls bouncing off his shins, or he's not touched the ball, like he's getting like six touches, then yeah, I can hear that. But if he's not, then I feel like we've got we've got to be a bit more a bit more fair on Rashi. Bit bit leading, especially someone that's dragging us through through the season to, to a large extent, anyway. Big facts, um, big facts. A couple more then. Uh, we'll go for this one next one. Uh, the common consensus seems to be that Eric Ten Hag has turned things around relatively quickly. But what, if anything, do you think he's got wrong so far? This is, I'm going to that one to you, bro. Um, I think, I think really just maybe just player, pers- um, player, player, not personnel. Um, what I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? He's tasting players, should I say. And really, truly, yeah. And I was talking to shout out Meads from Chelsea Hour, who he's a big fan of ETH, and he was telling me, he's like, "I told you, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like he's doing his thing." And I said, "The only thing I don't really like is his player taste." But then he was like, "But what manager has good player taste?" He said, "That's not their job. Like it should be for your director of football, and it should, and there should just be the coaches." And I said, "You know what? That's fair." The burden of player selection shouldn't really be on it. Obviously, there needs to be some level of cooperation between the technical director, director of football, whoever's making these decisions, like getting players that he or actually use. But yeah, I think maybe just the the lack of creativity or diversity in he kind of seems like he's focused on that Dutch and that Dutch scene. You know what I'm saying? Like, not every day go to Amsterdam and go to go to WeCaps. Like sometimes. Santorini, do you know what I mean? Sometimes, do you know what I mean? DLT Motor. Sometimes Dubai, do you know what I'm saying? Like, diversify your portfolio, you feel me? Yeah, yeah, outside yeah. that, <laughs> outside that, I can't lie, like, ETH, he's, do, he's doing his thing. And him, Pam and Maguire, Ronaldo, he's got, like, unlimited credit in the bank for me. So, yeah, man. Yeah, the rumours are even Tom might be on the way out. Interesting, so. If see. he gets Tom out, voila, I'll never, sh- I'll never slander him again. Never. Never. Never ever again. Uh, cool. Let's have a look. Do, 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 do. That's such a silly question. That is such a silly question. Well, you, you, uh, you want to ask them the same question? No. Oh, uh, well, to be fair, good point. That's poor hosting for me. Uh, Sebi, that's fine. No, yeah, no, I think this is pretty much covered it. Yeah, poor ID. I think 
you know, made a couple of mistakes at, at the start of the season, which ultimately, um, I won't say cost us, but you know, we would be a lot a lot closer to to, to the top. But I, I get it. You have to do that. You have to basically see if it's the players, your ability, what's going on here. And the first two games, the players let him down, and he he, he never he never went back. So. Yeah, yeah, I think you can actually. If I think that's probably I, 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 more positive, I'll never, I said, I'll never forget. Do you know the Brentford game? The yeah. pass DDG gave to Ericsson, I'll never forget. It was insane. <laughs> DDG's crazy. <laughs> DDG's crazy. DDG. Do you know one thing I like what Ten Hag's doing though? Yeah, is Ten Hag is great at um, installing confidence in people he's going to bin. Like he's gonna be Marshall. Yeah, for real, for real, for real. Yeah, and, and he's he, and people ask him about these players. Say, yeah, like top player, one of the best players. I know he can't wait to bin De Gea, bro. Like he yeah. cannot wait to bin De Gea. He's a real politician, so, isn't he? Yeah, man. He's I, I, I like that aspect of him. Whereas like Ralph was just like, yeah, man, this man. <laughs> <shit." laughs> and then yeah. we went, we were just bank, we we're just getting, we we're losing every game, bro. He, he couldn't understand why because he's putting everyone. <laughs> Ralph. Shit. Ralph, what Ralph was saying, we need ten players, ten new players. <laughs> while having, while having like fifteen games left in the CI, that's crazy, bro. Man packed in the man. season, fifteen games in, yeah. <laughs> fifteen games left. Oh man, yeah. All right, cool. We got two more questions. I'll go for. Um, this is open to whoever wants to take it, really and truly, from Baitface Nate. It seems Elijah has got his dying wish for Bruno to occupy the right wing more often. Could you ask him or any like-minded individuals, that's if you guys are, if they think the plan to play Bruno out wide has worked when it has been used? I think it worked once, right? It worked um, for the Nottingham Forest game, but that was a very different game. Um, it was a very different game because the game was gone for Nottingham Forest um, and it, it wasn't as intense um, as it was, um, uh, sorry, it wasn't as intense as like the start of a game and playing right wing. It's, it's very different, you know, playing it later on when the team's totally beat. However, what I will say is there might be some credence into it when you're playing like a game where, let's say you're playing like some of the big teams and you want like all of your best players on the pitch. That's a way that you shoehorn all of your best players on the pitch. Bruno also has, I think, can't remember what game it was. It might have been the City game. I can't remember or Arsenal. One of the games where, one of the big games he played on the right where he was doing a lot of work and he also has the opportunity to come into midfield. And that's another thing is if Ten Hag can get, and I think this is obviously something that he's going to have to work on and it could really work. But if you start Sancho and Bruno, as well as the rotation between the wide players, so let's say Rashford and Sancho rotating or whatever, you also have a rotation between Bruno and Sancho, which I think is great, like, tactically, when, you know, you're trying to be flexible. Um, as well as, like, funny enough, Sabitzer and Casemiro, whereas you know, they both can play each other's positions. And I think when you have that in the team, you become less predictable. So, yeah, I'm interested to see it, how it could work in a big game, but also with Jaden Sancho. And I'll have, like, more of a, uh, of a of a better answer to see if it works or not. Yeah, definitely um, agree with your point about the flexibility of, from an attacking perspective, as well as defensively. I think, I think in the City first half game, I think Anthony was on the bench and Bruno sort of played not necessarily on the right, but he was very much, that was maybe his starting position, but was coming inside off the ball to help us overload defensively and helping us to 
sort of pressing the in the second third of the field. So let's see how that turns out. Dish, any thoughts before we move on to the last question? No, no, not for me, bro. Cool. Uh, last question then, probably a common question, but who would you guys like to see as our nine signing in the summer? So our striker signing, who and why? Uh you first. Say that again? Uh, the question was, who would you like United to sign as their number nine this summer and why? Oh, um, I think my uneducated opinion, because I haven't watched him closely, is Osherman, mm-hmm. because the PMP is outrageous. <laughs> the PMP is outrageous, bro. It's outrageous. And the thought of him and Rashford in the same team is absolute dynamite. So, yeah, I think I'll give the edge to um, Osherman over Harry Kane. Just the edge, but I'll I'll be happy with either. Uh, uh, Sebi? Um, mine will be Harry Kane, just because um, I think Harry Kane makes everybody around him better. Um, I look at Osherman and I, I like I've been I've been watching him, especially when they come up on BT Sports, and every time he cut uh, they're on BT Sports, this guy scores right, and the PMP is super super peak, and mm-hmm. this is not me you know, doubting him as a player or disrespecting him as a player. But I think he's got an amazing skill set and he's an out-and-out number nine. Not a playmaker number nine, he's an out-and-out number nine, which means that um, most of the the attacking threat has to go through him, which means that on the wide, on the right, uh, on the wide right and left, you need more facilitators rather than like, let's say like a Rashford, the individual right. who actually right. is his own attacking threat. You need like somebody who's going to more facilitate for Osherman. You need Bruno to be a bit more consistent, consistent with his passing. But I think and the link up play as well. You need an upgrade on Anthony if you're going to. Yeah, you need an upgrade of Anthony, and I think the link up play kind of lacks. Yeah, with Osherman, but he 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 is good. He's gonna give you know defenders in the Premier League a very very tough day. I just gonna that it can work. It just needs a lot of work. You know, Ten Hag's the coach, but I think that specifically needs a lot of work. However, if you bring Harry Kane, there's no work needed in my opinion. I feel like. The way how Ten Hag wants to play is the way how Harry Kane does play. Rashford can play exactly the same. Um, Sancho and Anthony can play exactly the same. Bruno can play exactly the same. It's like, basically, when we're playing with Martial, but you're playing with Harry Kane, basically. Long story short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a major upgrade. So... It's difficult, isn't it? You've got the 29-year-old versus the 22, 23-year-old and they both have different skill sets. I just feel like if you have an Osman, we play like how City are playing with Haaland and I just don't think that's going to work for us. Um, I feel like Osman would be great for Chelsea or something like that. And I feel like we'd be great with Harry Kane. Cool. Boys, I have one more and I'll let you crack on with your evenings. Just a quick one. Obviously, the news on City today came out. Um... And it's just a quick question. What are your thoughts on what should happen to City based upon what you know so far, if you have any thoughts? Man, I need them to throw the book at City, man. I need, Please, my, I need my friends. I, I need a whole <laughs> library to fall on their head. Lava for them. That's real, what I need, real bro. Real talk, man. Real talk. Hey, I, I want I all their chains snatched. All, all of their chains. <laughs> I need all their chains snatched, man. Hey, listen, I need... Listen, man, I need those prems... Um, I need them to to drop. I need them to to be deducted points. Um, I don't really care about the fine thing because they've got the bread, so fuck the fine. 
Um, but the prems and 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 uh, points reduction would be perfect for me. I don't really want them relegated because I want them to suffer. Like I want them to be in the league and, see, and suffer. Like see see everybody shining or whatever while they're languishing in tenth or something like that after their points reduction. So yeah, man. I, I'd um yeah, man. The 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 prems and the points reduction would be would be per- and the transfer ban as well, man. I don't want you to upgrade. I need you. I need. I need to see if Pep can really coach. <laughs> no, like, yeah, I feel like um, I'm not really a big fan of the whole FFP laws or whatever, but the rules are the rules, isn't it? And City broke the rules. So, so not even they didn't just break them, they were so flagrant with it that it's actually disrespectful how fraudulent City have been with what they did. So I think they need a hefty, hefty punishment because what they've done is gained a massive, comparative advantage over everybody in the Premier League. Humongous advantage. Like, it's ridiculous. Bro, how are City posting bigger commercial revenue games and banging out? They didn't even want to lie with finesse. They just said, F it, we're just going to do They were just doing no no GTA GTA money sheet. That's what they were doing every single year. So I need all titles removed, a substantial, substantial points reduction, transfer ban for sure, it should be banned from Europe for a minute. And also, I do want the fine, only if that fine is going to be put into the pot to give to, like, the grassroots teams. Like, you know, like, certain clubs are, like, in the mud. Oh, yeah, yeah, let, let, yeah let, 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 let that um, fraudulent money go and, you know what I mean, go, go save some people, do you know what I'm saying? But outside, yeah, they need to be... You can't cheat this badly and Flag- get punished. Yeah, so flagrant, yeah. because when, when you think about it, look, when you think about it, before you go, guys, yeah, Think about how close, even though they're my, my, my mortal ox here, yeah, I have to be objective, bro. Think about how close Liverpool were to a couple titles, bro. And the difference yeah. in that could be like, crazy. bro, crazy. bro, like Liverpool be eight points clear, the seat will go in a 15 game run because they got like two first 11s. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not, yeah. I want that, their that, chains snatched because that was horrible. And then also, like, when you think, when you like really, really think about it as well, yeah. Is the prem has to do something because if the prem doesn't do anything, it sets precedent. Because this is obviously probably in our lifetime, maybe like the most fucked thing that a club has done, right? Mm-hmm. So the prem has to actually come down strong. Now the prem doesn't yeah, seem, yeah, 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 the prem, the the premiership, the FA, and that all of that, they don't seem to be like a a ruthless organization which is going to be interesting. I want to see like what happens because from, from the outside looking in, they look a bit soft. Um, and maybe, I don't know, they don't want to uh, uh, warn off potential investors because it seems that right now it's a money league and whatever. Um, but if they don't do this, then for me, it just gives anybody free. It gives Newcastle free reign, right? Newcastle be like, all right, cool. If you might not, because Newcastle seems to be doing sensible, sensible right now. I'm trying to say <laughs> so, but if if City, you know, if City are allowed to get away with what they get away with, then Newcastle can just turn around tomorrow and say, All right, cool, we're now sponsored by um Qatari Airways that the the family owns, and we're sponsored by Qatari Mobiles, they've given us a billion. Let's ride. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So <laughs> like, yeah, bro, we need to we, we we definitely need to they definitely need to like really put their foot down on this one and like a, a big, big like warning for for like the rest of the Premiership. Yeah, definitely, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think this one is going to be a short term thing. I think it's going to blow over and blow over for for a very long time. But that's not our problem. That's not our problem. That's their problem. So 
Yeah, so let's hope United can pick up a victory against Leeds during the week and uh, push on for maybe a top three, maybe even a top two finish, who knows. <clears throat> Dishu and Sebi, thank you for joining us today. Um, and that's that. Peace, lads. Peace. Peace. Nice one. Well, a bit, boys. Nice one. Nice. Safe, guys. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.